It has no boundaries to its name and no limits to its way of life. In fact, the cross is not a place, but a state of mind. From its heart, you can go about half a mile in any direction before you run out of the lights into the darkness of the outside world. A half mile there and back. A glittering mile of dreams, delusions, hopes, and headaches. This is just like the intro of a Dick Tracy movie yeah. or something. It's sick, you know? yeah. <laughs> Where life comes out of an espresso machine. And you can have it any way you like it. Hello and welcome along to the Community Notice Board. Hello, welcome to another episode of Community Notice Board. <laughs> welcome to Play things, School, which I changing heard. things up with a hello. <laughs> Friendly. Uh, welcome to Community Notice Board, a podcast about suburbs we grew up in, local landmarks, hometown heroes, and coming of age tales. We're riding solo. No, fuck, that's, that's the bad words. <laughs> it's just us three this week, uh, and we're, but we're covering something that has a lot of history, a lot of information, could possibly turn into a multi episode saga. It's bloody King's Cross, Sydney oh, yeah. Institution. The Glittering iconic. Mile. The iconic, man. Isn't it the Golden Mile? Is it? I thought it was Glittering. That's what the underbelly is. When Drew wears glitter during the Mardi Gras, (laughs) uh, it's a glittering while. Yeah, no, it's... uh, And, I mean, Cross, for people who aren't from Sydney, maybe we should explain. It's like, it's not really a suburb. It's more just like a location. I'd say it's Uh, like a mile, like a glittering mile. It's like a very flamboyant glittering mile. But it's, uh, yeah, so it's sort of like there's King's Cross Station and then... It's like a, a strip. It's like Vegas for Sydney. It's it's probably yeah. as close. It, and it's and also yeah. like was, you know, like it yeah, isn't yeah. anymore. It, it isn't. It's sort of, it's still, it sort of limped into where it is now. Like it pre, this is like pre-COVID shutdown limping still to uh, to some, there's still a little bit of a, a shadow of itself. There's still some of the strip club stuff and there's mm-hmm. still a couple mm. of bars, but it, nothing c- compared to what it was. Um, but, yeah, it's sort of Potts Points uh, and uh, Darlinghurst. Darlinghurst. Darlinghurst that's that's probably the boundaries, right? Like Darlinghurst on one end, yeah. Potts Point on the other. Yeah. A nightlife destination for young Australians and backpackers alike. It used to be. Uh, it used to just be the place to go that was open all night and it was just It chockers. was like the red light district, yeah, you know? Yeah, the red light district. Yeah. Exactly. You could see that I, one of my friends fucked someone on stage there while another one of my friends watched. What? On stage? Yeah, yeah. I, w- I wish I was there, but I, I actually drove them to the thing. What and it's like. Stage? I, I, sound- it, just, it, it is a true story. I know <laughs> that. It sounds like illegal. Yeah, because I think it's illegal. But, um, <laughs> but I, I remember driving them because, you know, it's very rare that you drive like. Especially at our age, I guess when I drove them then, it made more sense. But it's very rare that, like, just two blokes are like, yeah, we're going to the cross for a big night out. You know, yeah. like, that's a group thing. But they were like, yep, we're going to the cross. It made me drive them there. They were fucking pre-drinking, like, fiends in my car, like, being dickheads, playing with the CD player and stuff. <laughs> and then eventually, like, the first thing I saw when they got out was, like, they... They opened the door. One of them immediately fell, like, tripped into a garbage bin. 
And I was like, oh, this is going to be a long night for these blokes. And so then I went home. Came out covered in condoms. So. <laughs> Did like, I went home, had like a relatively early night, and I woke up at about six. And just as I was waking up to make like a coffee, they walked in and they just could not look each other in the eye. And I was like, what the fuck happened? And they're like, yeah, we went to this. We went to a bunch of bars, we got kicked out of places, and eventually this bouncer was like, come in here, you, you could see, like, everything. They went in, they were just sitting in this sad, like, strip club while, like, this woman put down, like, serial killer plastic-style sheeting on the floor. And Good then, uh, yeah, apparently called, what, asked for a volunteer on stage, and my mate went up and just had sex with half a stiff for about three minutes while his uh, while my other mate watched what <laughs> how does that happen that sounds awful yeah it does sound awful. is it like, like even worse than the red light district shows in like amsterdam i was gonna say i've been to one of those and even that and they're supposed to be professionals that was still didn't just we, like this didn't is didn't we work out once we went the to the same that one we went to the exact same one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> And the worst thing they did there, and that's supposed to be like, you know, Amsterdam's supposed to be crazy, but like they did get my exchange, like uni exchange made on stage, but then he just ate a banana, I think, out made, possibly out of the chick's vagine. Yeah. But that was still like, I was like, good Lord, I I don't like any of this. I could quickly tell you my story about the same venue that me and Drew went to, but just because... Who knows when we'll ever come for Amsterdam. But we went to one of those places as well. And it was like the guys out front were like, live sex show, live sex show, come in. And we're like, hell yeah, four Aussie blokes just doing it. And then we went in and it's like these, like maybe six church pews, like kind of seating style. And we're, and it's us four young boys at about 19 years old, this in the row in front of us is four people, two English couples up for a good time. And then like a couple of sad masturbators and stuff. And then so we like... <laughs> You're looking over there like, so, so, those are my people. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, just yeah. 15 sad masturbators basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're like, we're excited being like, this is our first sex show, this is going to be so cool. And the, like there, there's like a DJ who's like, are you ready to see the sex show? And then you're like, yeah, and uh, then the curtain goes up and it's just the two most, like, people who are not into sex anymore having sex. Like, yeah. you know um, you know that Simpsons episode where they imagine Bart's future as a stripper and he's got the guns? <laughs> bang, bang, Bart. Yeah. yeah, that was the guy. <laughs> and just, like, having sex with this woman, like, at both thousand mile stairs. And so we watched oh. that and we're like, man, this isn't that this isn't that horny at all. <laughs> and, Jesus uh, Then the curtain goes down. And it, re- it really isn't that much difference between that and just por- watching porn. No. But you're just, you're just there well with no glamour, with like no yeah. facade that it's anything more. So it's just like watching a porn shoot. Well, yeah. And yeah. like you're looking around like the, 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 the guys there on themselves are like watching real intently, real creepily. And like, and we're just kind of, because we're four blokes. We thought it was going to be way more extreme because they're like extreme. And then like on reflection, it's like, what did we fucking want? <laughs> like what extreme <laughs> stuff did we want? Someone to come out on a skateboard or something. <laughs> yeah, someone to do a 900. So the guy, <laughs> the, the guy to lose his boner and they'll be like, oh no, we need another performer. Is anyone here <laughs> able to fuck this yeah. girl? So um, 
And like the English people in front of us are just like they're giggling because they're you know it's two couples and they're like oh look at them give it a go, and so then the curtain rises again and it's them again just in a different position, looking even more bored. And then the curtain goes down and they're like, are you ready for the final act? And we're and it's like give us a woo everybody and it's like yeah woo. And then they go, the, the, the last part of the show is the banana show. Make some noise. And it's just the woman that she comes out and stage. she's holding a banana. And they're like, okay, for the banana show, we need a volunteer. Who wants to volunteer? And the, uh, the sad masturbators obviously don't want to because they're like barred up and they just couldn't care less. And in front of us, the English couple, they're like elbowing each other, being like, you do it, you get up, you do it, you do it. And they were like, nah, nah, nah. We all instantly look at the one person in our friendship group we think would do it. But he's like, I'm not going up there. Because he'd already embarrassed himself doing something else earlier that day. You're hanging and out so, with Donkey Kong? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy loves bananas. So, um, so we just sat there in silence while like the woman on stage was holding an unpeeled banana, getting like visibly annoyed. While the DJ was like, come on, who wants to see Banana Show? And she's like, doing this, like putting her hands out, like, anyone? And everyone's just kind of like looking at the floor, being like, nah, nah. And then all, then she gets mad. She walks off stage, the curtain goes down. And this Dutch, like, a DJ guy goes, ladies and gentlemen, there will be no Banana Show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't work yeah. under these conditions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that wow. sucks. That's, uh... Yeah, fuck. I, I, uh, I went to a King's Cross like strip club once, like when we were, uh, me and my mates were like first eighteen in, in Sydney for the bit, and it was just like, we hated it. Like we just could like, it, we wanted we, you know, you sort of get bullied to go in there. The yeah. security guards yeah. they charge you a huge amount of money, and then we went in one. They and say then, slurs at you as well. Like, yeah, we, we, we got bullied to go in and we're just like these fucking losers. And then we sit down and then it's like, oh, do you want a drink? And then you like pay $20 for a drink. And then the, you get a bourbon and coke, whatever it would have been. It would have been like, I don't know. You got like $12 change. But then the stripper or whoever, the, the waitress is like, can I have the change? Like starts taking it. And you're like $20 is like. That's your whole. That's a lot of money. money. That's a lot of money, and you're like, no, I actually like the change, please. So you're just like a loser. Everyone hates you. You feel like such. You feel like you're just getting rejected. And then, yeah, we just went to like two, and we were just like, this fucking sucks. This is like, yeah, my my one and only experience of the sort of King's Cross before it died was same sort of thing. I think I was 21, and it was the year that Heath Ledger died. Oh wow! And me and me and two mates were walking around i think it had just happened like it was just announced and we were in sydney for summary i think we were at the big day out or something and we went out and we were walking around and we were just going um where's pando where's pando at like from two hands and we were asking all the bouncers like where's pando man we were like like i think the brian brown character and we like but yeah, yeah, alternating yeah. like well, i want to i want to see jimmy we want to pour one out for jimmy we love him and everyone is just like what and, and finally some bounces <laughs> like a bunch of dogs <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, dude. absolutely and then finally one bouncer i don't know if it was the spot that he worked in at the movie but 
this savvy bouncer was like yeah man he's in here this is where he worked dude and we were just like that was enough for us we were in there just like man r.i.p to jimmy baby on <laughs> 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 a fucking where they film home and away and like where's alf where's fucking, you know, where is he i love him i would man i love alf uh you know i found a couple of people who've haunted the cross in the past um mm -hmm. First person you might not know, but it's more just what they did there. I don't know if you guys drew or know. Do you know Kate McClymont? The, uh, the I've heard that name. She's like the biggest investigative journalist in Australia. She breaks all those investigative cases. Right. She's like a huge. But it was just more what she used to do when she was in high school, uh, uni. Is she used to um, uh, busk in the cross, and she'd set up a booth, uh, and she would basically have a sign that said, "She um, questions like I'll answer a question for forty cents." I'll argue with you for 50 cents and for a dollar, I'll verbally abuse you. <laughs> this is like oh, an 18 year old girl. A lot of uni. sad masturbators showing up to yeah. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And apparently like she right used to- Right in the wave to, of the cuck movement years too early. <laughs> apparently like guys would go up and go, yeah, abuse, abuse me or something. And then she would abuse them and then they would go, yeah, abuse my girlfriend. And then she would just start abusing the girlfriend about how the girlfriend has a shit taste in men and why she's <laughs> like, you dating this guy. So she used to do that and she used to earn all this money. So that was fucking interesting. You know what else? He used to be a bouncer in King's Cross. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. What? <laughs> what? Yes. Dolph. Dolph Ivan Lundgren. Drago. Ivan Drago. Uh, the Swedish Schwarzenegger, I guess you call him. Uh, you know, so the... But anyway, he was, uh, this is crazy. I didn't know anything about him. But when he was 24, he moved to Sydney and studied a master's degree in chemical engineering from the University of Sydney. Yeah, I, he knew, was, he, I knew he'd done like advanced degrees. Like he's a smart guy. He's a genius. So like he, he eventually was a, like a Fulbright fellow and stuff. But so he went while, to UCID. He went to UCID. Imagine if he was like doing the law review and stuff. <laughs> it's like Dolph Lundgren is yeah. a maybe, phone operator. Yeah. Maybe in, in this sketch I could karate kick someone again. Yeah. Like, Dolph, no. Well, be, well, this is the thing. What Before he moved to Sydney, so he was 24, but he was already the European heavyweight champion in Kyokushin karate. He was already the European champion of karate. Like he All wasn't right. like... You know, you think you see those guys and you think they're just like Schwarzenegger, they're just like huge. Yeah. But he was actually a he was like a John Claude Van Damme. He's a karate guy. Yeah, yeah. On top of being enormous. But um he and he he was in so he was a bouncer in King's Cross. And he came back to do something recently in Australia, like an ad or something, a TV movie or something, and, and that he was like, Yeah, I love I remember, you know, and he said there were so many incidents in, when I was a bouncer. Uh, I, I wasn't really aggressive or anything, but there was a couple of incidents and once or twice the cops were very nice and they, they, they let me off, they got me off. So he like fucked people up. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I, cause he's like six foot six, 130 kilos and he's a karate expert in King's Cross in the fucking eighties. He's punching, you know, so he's like, yeah, the cops were nice to me and let, and got me off the charge of defend, flogging like someone. flogging someone. <laughs> And so, um, but here's the thing that even more interesting is while he was a bouncer in Sydney, like he obviously he was just unknown. He met uh, Grace Jones. I didn't know who she was, but she was a- Oh, anyone, Mayday. Oh, From James Bond? Yes. So she was a, she's a Jamaican model singer. Like she was huge in the eighties. I didn't realize how huge she was, but she was like this crazy, um, massive uh, singer. And anyway, she came to Sydney to do stuff. 
He was a bouncer. He got put on her security detail while she went around to the clubs. They started fucking. Hell so yeah. this is the bodyguard. This is the bodyguard. That she leaves, <laughs> but uh, no, it's a bodyguard. So she, yeah, exactly. Like the movie, bodyguard. the bodyguard. Oh, no, no, no. I know. I was going to say the race is reversed, <laughs> but it's not. It's exactly the same race. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly the same. Uh, so she goes to the New York and brings him with her. He starts living with her. She goes, um, hey, I'm doing this movie, fucking A View to Kill, James mm -hmm. Bond movie. Come hang out there with me. He's hanging out there. It's a fucking James Bond movie in the 80s. There's going to be a role for a couple of big, burly, Russian, Swedish, Northern European-looking yeah. dudes. He gets cast as a henchman, Venz, in that movie just from being around. Fuck. And that was his first role. Before oh. that, he was an absolute nobody. And then he went on, like, his next role was Ivan Drago, like, from that. See? Damn. It's so all about who you fuck. It's all about the, It's all about King's Cross, the glittering mile, the as cross, they call yeah. it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's well, it led the, to a so, glittering career. Yeah, so Dolphy Boy, he, um, he fucking, yeah, what a king. So well, there you speaking go. of people that uh, got some infamy from the cross and tried to turn it into a glittering career... Let's talk about the Chick Chick Boom girl for a minute. I thought you were going to go to World Bar, but uh, no, it's okay. yeah, no. I mean, we can talk about my glittering career. Laugh on Sundays. No, no, let's talk fucking, about all my comedy stories. They're just so. Yeah, we'll get let's to get, them later. Let's go to Chick Chick Boom. What are uh, you so I sent yeah, you, she's, I sent she's you an the, icon. I sent you the video, Al, if you want to share it. Because I could do the transcript stuff. So we just, just, just play it now? Might as well just play the video because I all don't right. want to say what she says. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's the. I'm sure there, there, I'm sh there would be some like if we have younger listeners. I'm not. I'm not sure, but there might be people who don't even remember this. Chick, well, this was in 2009, so this was probably just still, when. Still. Just yeah, maybe, before lockout was maybe. Can you can you guys hear that? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. And that's that pretty much. Man. That and that's like, it, it later came out that she'd made this story up. Absolutely. But also, also you can, that is some of the worst writing I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fake story of them. You know, like, it really is like a fat pizza sketch. Yeah, I watched so too much fat pizza. Basically, you know? the story behind it was like, she just saw, she was out on a night out and uh, saw these news crews and thought it would be a bit of fun. To be extremely racist on TV <laughs> for That's, thirty seconds, the great it, Aussie pastime. It's pretty racist, but it. like two thousand and nine, I don't. I think people were like, oh, that was pretty common discourse back then. I think everyone was more just like, what a yeah. silly old. So she offer. she goes in and uh, basically this guy's been shot. He goes to a hospital. She approaches, says she's a witness. Goes viral in 2009, one of the earliest Australian viral celebrities. Mm. Becomes the Chick Chick Boom Girl. It's printed on shirts. It's on A Current Affair. She eventually sits down for an interview with A Current Affair where she comes clean and says that she hadn't actually seen the shooting at all. She just made it up. Um, so there, like, there was a bit of a backlash because of the... Um, 
the language that she used. But uh, it says in this article that I found, particularly unimpressed was Justin Kalu, the shooting victim himself. And his quote is, I'm just a bit upset about the fact that I've been shot and almost lost my life. And there's this girl all over the news getting popular because she has no brains. <laughs> was he just angry because he was the fat? Was he the fat one or the skinny one? Like, <laughs> like listen, okay, put yeah, on a few like, I didn't even get to sleep with anyone's cousin. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the guy who got shot was mad about uh, someone getting publicity. But basically, um, she also she started getting big, and she um tried to parlay that into a bunch of like media publicity she got an agent because why wouldn't you wasn't and it that guy that represents every fucking half bit yeah, celebrity yeah fucking max yeah, his name? Sure. yeah max, max. yeah yeah so um she she tried to go because after she went viral she was on shirt she tried to monetize it um within three years of the incident she was on uh she was on the front cover of the very final issue of ralph magazine Damn. And, uh, and it says chick chick boom on it and it's got a picture of r.i.p ralph magazine oh man i loved ralph Mag. maybe we should do bonus episodes on that yeah. <laughs> fhm versus ralph just in my FHM garage guy. alone amy's just like what are you doing i'm like i'm researching <laughs> um she co-hosted a scam centric reality show called the real hustle where she enlisted con men to help her bamboozle shop assistants out of diamonds so she was doing um <laughs> what she was doing I've never uncut seen this gems show. before yeah and she also was in a trop fest video and obviously now it's a it's a long time past that but yeah her publicist was max markson oh that's him. Um, yeah. he's the guy and um he shared in a podcast that right now she's a speech therapist. She has no interest in returning to the spotlight. Speech therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How good no, is you that? gotta say it like this. Oi, bro. Look at my fully sick cousin. You gotta say you, fully sick. You're not pronouncing the sick. You're fully sick. And That's he said, ridiculous. yeah, he said that he still gets calls, like asking her to do stuff. And like, I obviously, there's no like, way. This she's yeah. the most. Oh, I disagree, she's man. Got. Like, I she reckon, should get on cameo. Yeah, man. I was gonna say, put her on yeah, cameo and just cameo. be like. Hey man, it's your birthday. You're the skinny one, chick chick boom, and like that's a good thing for her to yeah. do. It's just that it's the Simpsons episode. It's like bang bang bar, but it's it's chick chick boom. <laughs> she just comes out yeah. and says it. I tell you what, she'd get a bit of my hard earned if she was on cameo. I'd be getting oh, her to yeah, send you messages like, all the she's time. She's a perfect kind of niche celebrity that would cost fifteen to twenty bucks, where we could just be like. Yeah, this podcast sucks. Chick, chick, boom. And we're like, hey. Let's get her on. Let's get her on for part two of this. Tell her story. I don't think she'd do it anymore. Yeah, apparently she's a bit of a, like, she shies away from the media these days. Well, right? I think she's kind of, she's probably, she's a speech therapist. Like, she helps people. She's probably pretty embarrassed about it. It's like, yeah, imagine. Ima- imagine if you were 19 and you'd blagged your way onto TV and said something. Yeah. <laughs> so you reckon she wouldn't do this pod, but she would do cameo for 15 No, months. no, I was saying if she, we were saying that it would be a dream to get her on right, cameo. Okay. I don't yeah, think I she would do either. Man, but what, it, I mean, that's all it took in, that's King's Cross, it makes you famous, you know, you get a one, <laughs> one night out, you're out there. Well, I got a, you. um... I got a, another famous King's Cross woman. This one's probably a bit more um, esoteric, but this is... Do you guys know anything about the Witch of King's Cross? I 
No, no, I think I had seen something. There was a movie or something. I hadn't actually seen the movie, but yeah. heard of Well, there's some a doco. Movie. A doco yeah. just came out this year that um, apparently is really good. I might check it out. Um, mm. but she's So her name's Rosaline uh, Norton, mm-hmm. uh, Rowie to her friends. Um, so she's born in Dunedin, uh, moves across to, to Sydney with her family when she's quite young. And she's sort of like, she's always been a bit, Bit, bit of an oddball right like a bit weird mm. and she's convinced from when she's a kid that she's born a witch she's got this Ooh. in her in her head mm-hmm. so she claims um you know at school she's she's drawing like devils and ghosts and stuff and apparently like Classic this is how conservative witch she's an early emma and it will like this is kind of a theme from reading about her life and stuff she's she's just very much ahead of her time because this is you know her, her sort of peak is in the 40s 50s and 60s um and less so the 60s because that's when this whole counterculture thing started kicking off but in the mm. 40s and 50s like australian society was insanely conservative some of this yeah. stuff is just ridiculous so she's yeah she's in many ways she's like super ahead of her time uh this is this i thought was weird her the sign she thought that she was a witch so she thought um she had certain biological features and the first one pointed ears i can get behind that mm-hmm. like that's a mm-hmm. that's pretty weird i can see it like witch elf whatever yeah the second one she had blue markings on her left knee like a bruise oh, i don't know she just didn't wash her jeans after she bought them yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kept drawing the kept drawing the stussy s uh, and the third one was just this is a, the direct quote a strand of flesh that hung on her body so that's like the vaguest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I don't know. But that was there were the three signs that she was a witch. She's got a broom. It's like well, you can just let go of that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not really count there. Yeah. Um, she she was kind of a weird kid. She slept in a like. tent to, uh, out the back. Uh, she ref- she like she never got on with her mum and sort of hated anyone in the, the position of authority. Hated other kids. Didn't get on with any of them. She slept in a tent out the back. And kept a pet uh, a pet spider in the this in the is... entrance to like ward off people. This little spider called Horatius. Uh, yeah, yeah had... this is crazy. This is just emo. This is stuff that annoyed. But imagine the forties if your daughter was doing this. Well, this she's, is she's pre forties. Like, she get... like she, oh. this is like the twenties or something. Oh, um, and she, you know, she had pet lizards. She had tortoises, toads. She had a goat. Um, she eventually sort of she leaves school she doesn't she's always called you know she's always in trouble for disrupting the other students she eventually leaves um and goes to like an art like a tech college art place and she is under the tutelage of this guy who is a sculptor and he sort of sees something in in her art and she she eventually she's an artist that's kind of how she made a living and she's like some of the pictures are, are pretty cool um, but this guy sort of takes her under his wing and she she moves from the North Shore down to uh, Bohemian King's Cross and starts living in this kind of like squat houses. Which again, this is a, this is a tale as old as time. Mm. You know, the, the chick mm. from the North Shore. Who's I hate like, you, mum. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to King's Cross. It's all my I'm, I'm taking my gecko with me. <laughs> yeah. um, and while she's there, she starts getting into like. Have you guys ever heard of this dude, Alastair Crowley? He's yes. like an English Satanist, or yeah. yeah. He, he, it's, it seemed to have been a massive thing in sort of the forties and fifties. This like countercultural trend of like reading these this 
it's like pagan sort yeah. of old texts and that kind of thing and getting I think into we, it. Yeah, I'm talked yeah, about on George. Could have just been a like bit. a supernatural fan years later. Totally, just been like she I love won. that Jensen Ackles. <laughs> this way, yeah. yeah. No, no, I do. Yeah, I do remember something on George's app about some crazy shit like that. Similar, the similar same. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, yeah, this kind of black magic kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets right into it and starts um, basically a coven. Yep. She has like a, a coven of, of witches and, and it's guys and girls. Um, she practices a form of uh, sex magic. Which, which, is, which, is, which has got like the, the least horny name ever It's called uh, the goat fold which is, <laughs> the It goat sounds like fold. a palm tree of the penis tree you know? <laughs> the, the goat fold It's like a laundromat Like ah oh, this is the G-O-A-T <laughs> fold uh, <laughs> um, what, um, what does the sex magic involve? Well it's a lot of taking acid you know taking psychedelics tantric sex um and a lot of stuff that was like frowned upon at the time like um she was charged once with obscenity uh her and her partner she ended up shacking up with this guy um a bit later who's 13 years younger than her he's a poet um someone uh gavin green someone Mm -hmm. but he he was um her and him there was a photo of them that got them hauled arrested by vice hauled in front of the courts because and it was just it was like a photo of her like like with her arms tied up and he was like spanking her on the bottom and that was like the scandal of the century Jeez, yeah. um that they won it she she became she like became like a semi-successful artist like she never really reached like mainstream heights but she just she loved like playing up the tabloids because obviously they were she was like the tabloids yeah. like wet dream mm-hmm. and she just lent into it so she was just like you know she'd They'd come around, knock on a door, and be like, "Are you a witch?" And she's like, "You goddamn right, I'm a witch." And they'd be like, ah, and run off. <laughs> <laughs> and the newspaper would come out, and she'd, she'd, she'd just kind of lean into it. Um, but yeah, she went to Melbourne with this um, partner of hers. They had a, a art exhibition that, after like two days, is raided by the cops. So she's, I think, she was the first first woman in Victoria to uh, get hit with like censorship, like char- like obscenity oh, charges. No way. Um, and she, she, she comes back and she sort of like, there's a few, she's had a few sort of, um, controversies. There was one, the art exhibition was one. She released a book as well, which was like the art of, um, of, uh, Rosaline Norton. And this is, I want to show you, this was like the big picture that, that got a, like a lot of trouble. Um, the book was eventually, banned in new south wales for, for obscenity mm-hmm. and it was banned um in the united states and so every copy that was sent to the united states was burned by customs and oh, wow. the poor the poor dude who published it it was just like a, a mate and it sent him bankrupt <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> i wasn't planning like he had, in his business plan he didn't have like it, in his swot analysis he didn't have u.s customs burning every copy that comes over the border but this is this is it so this is a kind of a idea of what she was doing oh, this, right so, so it's, it's like, like a devil goat with a devil big, yeah with if you're gonna have a look that's it's a dick. snake the, for a dick right it's, it's oh, a snake for a dick. yeah that's yeah, just yeah. like any deviant art page these days it except it's, so, it's not sonic the hedgehog like a hundred a hundred percent that's oh, what it is yeah that's cool because if <laughs> it was a cobra it'd be like 
uncircumcised. Imagine you know? fucking yeah. getting. <laughs> imagine going on tour, community noticeboard, live podcast, getting a van with that fucking graphic put on it. And then we're just yeah. like, it's a, it's history. It's a cool history thing, not a weird sex thing. A hundred percent. But yeah, that was her whole thing. Was like, she would Dips. do a lot of acid. She, um, her and her little coven, which was apparently estimated uh, to have membership between seven members and three hundred members. Which, like, I don't know if you're squeezing 300 people into a fucking dinghy King's Flock. I don't King's know how you don't narrow that estimate down a little bit. <laughs> I don't know how you must start, like, between seven and the population of Australia at the time. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. yeah. That's me, like, that's me hungover counting how many beers I had last night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> between seven and 300, I reckon. Oh, um, but she, her, like, her um, god, I guess, that she, that she, was worshiping was pan with that got the goat sort of thing yeah mm. so she would ha- she would have th- these like elaborate sex rituals where they would all be it was like it's true detective like they'd all be wearing animal heads and skulls and oh. shit and they'd all be fucking and um quite a few like well-known people there was like the the, the um the director or something of like the sydney orchestra was one of them oh. and and this dude would come in and there was like some very famous radio presenter that was rumored to be part of this coven and uh Carl Sanders. <laughs> Famously, um, if you pull his pants down, has a gigantic snake for a penis. <laughs> Allegedly. And um yeah, he he ended up getting like he had to flee to England because he, of his relationship with her. He came back from a trip over there and the police raided his bag and he had like pornographic images. Which is probably just the same thing, just her getting getting spanked by uh, the poet, and um, and sent back. And she she kind of um, she she ended up just sort of like dying in a like she lived alone, but she just dropped acid as an old lady and and lived till the seventies and and um and just went out that way. Like she was just there, there's some awesome. really cool photos of yeah she's kind of rad. There's some really cool photos of her of like in the fifties. And she's sitting in a gutter in like what is presumably somewhere in King's Cross. Mm. And she's just like smoking a cigarette. She dressed like in a suit. She was kind of like doing, you know, doing non-binary before it was, before it had a name. She dressed in men's clothing, sitting there smoking a cigarette. And she draw like these devils and stuff on the sidewalk in crayon. And there's a great photo with her sitting there and just all these like just fucking old as fuck Aussie Aussie dudes in like, wearing the fedoras back when that was a normal thing and all the women are just giving her the dirtiest looks <laughs> like and a guy like looking back from a couple of meters down the road so she was kind of like yeah she lent into that the whole sort of like spectacle around it and she was known she'd just be um her art was in a few cafes in King's Cross where she would like she on any given night you'd go there at one in the morning she'd be there just like you know drinking her cheap red wine and just like stirring people up uh, apparently, the, there's a pub down the road from where I am on the Princess Highway, the Southern Cross Hotel, which I've never been into, but driven past a thousand times. But in the 70s, the guy who owned it was like super into her, probably part of the coven, one of the 300. And apparently, it was just li- like the whole place was just lined with these weird, you know, oh, her weird yes. artworks. That's we should cool get shit. one. For the I want stu- one. We should if get I, one for the studio. If I could track one down, I I reckon they'd be pretty expensive now. Especially since people in those days there was so few individual 
personalities. Like everyone was just yeah. like, get a job, work until you yeah. have four kids and then die. Oh, I like and it, like, she sounds cool. Yeah, that, that's like, what she I mean. Yeah, Even she more is, cool when you put her cool. in that Early context. 2000s, that girl is getting a hardogram tattoo just above her <laughs> pussy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and right. she's like, CKY just hit different. <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah. Um, but yeah like she 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 um hold up I gotta find this we can cut this <laughs> <laughs> we believe got, in you Joe Friday yeah, I got like gonna 600 gonna cast a spell on this content I got like 600 uh, tabs open with my uh, my notes yeah how to cure micropenis jelking <laughs> <laughs> jelking 201 um there is a um she's kind of had a resurgence like like you say she would be the equivalent now would just you'd probably know a thousand of these people who just have a similar personality type to her and um oh i can think of a few and she (laughs) (laughs) if someone said to me these days they were a witch you'd literally roll your eyes and be like oh one of them that man like in the 60s you'd be like what yeah, oh, there's, let's burn her. there's a thousand million people on TikTok who are like, "I'm a witch." Yeah. It's like a whole fucking thing. Yeah. Um, she has a plaque dedicated to her, and and <laughs> these days is kind of like oh, it's, on Darlinghurst Road in Kings Cross. There was the whole like BDSM stuff. She was like into this, you know, these weird ritualistic sex practices. But she said um, later that of all of all the sex stuff, her favorite position missionary was a nut pegging a gay guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, Everyone's no, number two. That's, that's uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's in my top five. <laughs> oh, Peggy Gay guy. Uh, yeah, that's her. So, yeah, the, I mean, the it's Witcher King's like, Cross. We say there's many witches, but do you know the amount of guys on fucking Tinder that'd be like, I'm kind of like a sexual warlock? I got my power of three tattoo, and sometimes I like to do reverse cowgirl. I'm into the dark arts. Yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah. I can think of a couple. I can, <laughs> I can think of a few people that we're close friends. With. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! You mentioned the coke sign. I just want to tell quickly about the coke sign. Um, more, more just like, I guess it's sort of. It's iconic because it's it is like again I think it's a tenth thing we've had on this fucking pod where it's been like the biggest in the southern hemisphere, which yeah. a- apparently it is yeah. the biggest billboard in the southern hemisphere. But it's it's really like iconic because it's sort of like the you know the entryway to the cross from like you see it from every angle when you're coming that direction. It so it's sort of hard. You. It greets you. So you sort of like and I definitely know when I moved to Sydney and I had to go to the cross. And I never really knew where I was because I was always just using GPS or whatever. And then you didn't really know where you were until you saw that sign. You're like, oh, yeah. okay, I'm fucking here. You know, like it, it would be the one thing that would bring you there. But it, um, yeah, it was erected in 1974, and um, almost immediately was pretty, pretty famous. Or, uh, but it was actually in 2015 they replaced it. It had all sort of you know, uh, old incandescent tubing lights and stuff like thousands and thousands. And they replaced it with an LED strip, but they actually auctioned off all the letters. Oh, cool. Uh, so they sold the, uh, so there's uh, eight letters. Uh, they sold uh, eight of them. They made a hundred grand. They donated to charity. Funnily enough, guess what letter sold for the most? So the C-O-C-A-C-O-L-A. C. Which one? C. There's three. Which one? There's three. Oh, which one? Uh, the third one. No. The, the first one. one. The second one sold for 
nearly double the price of the first and the third one. Because it's smaller? I guess so. I don't know. I couldn't figure out the numbers. The first C sells for 10 grand. The second O sold for 12 grand. Like it sold more. more. The third C sold for 18 grand. The A for 12. Looking at the Coca-Cola logo now, I guess it's got that joined up part. It's massive. The two big Cs are massive, but the little C sold for 18 grand. The O's and the L's. The, again, 12 and 10, and then the final A sold for 12 and a half. So for some reason, the third C went insane, but they sold it all for different amounts. But then there's actually a little, uh, uh, it's called like an, a dash or a hyphen in yeah. the middle. And that's that was also a letter. It, that was also part of the sign, obviously. So and you have to pay separately lines. for the hyphen. Well, no, nobody, everyone was like, hey, what about the hyphen? Can we bid on that? Someone had 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah, no one's buying the fucking hyphen. <laughs> so, but Coca-Cola didn't sell it because they were like, no one wants this fucking hyphen. It, had, it was literally like, you know, a, a box like a foot by foot or something. And then they were like, oh, that's a good idea. Let's like, let's, let's uh, donate it because it's the one thing we didn't sell. So they donated it and it went to this family in Lithgow who have like a Christmas lights display and they just stuck it on their house, blurred in with all these other Bunnings lights <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> it's just like this, Coca-Cola thought, they'd be like, this would be great. We get, it'll be lit up every year. And it's like literally hidden behind this fence. I'll have to fucking find a photo of it, but it's, uh, it's, ve- my, it's very much like the That's worst so cool. result. Yeah, I know. So that was the, the Coca-Cola sign is, uh, uh, and oh, and they they call it. They gave it a nickname. The the, the Lithgow people were like, we call it Hyphy, uh, not Hyphen, <laughs> like Hyphy. And uh, I'm like, dude, you're not just you know put it in a museum or something. I'll, I'll show you guys. Uh, it belongs in a museum. <laughs> uh, so this is. I'll just quickly show you guys. This is like the Hyphen. It's just like a box on the guy's side of this oh, guy's that house. Sucks. And the, that's they light it up at Christmas. And this, this article is trying to make a good spin on it, but they just can't even get it. So this is the house at Christmas. And it's like, good luck finding the hyphen in that, you know? Yeah. So it's just... Oh, I see hyphy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and actually they oh, put... Oh, that stinks. This weird Lithgow family, they do a Christmas light display and they have a radio like a broadcast that they sort of play music through that goes in sync with the uh, lights. And they just put a... Sign up on the on the hyphy that says tune into ninety nine point seven to listen to our. So it's just like they don't even pay any respect. I mean, I'm assuming Lithgow isn't the isn't really the the altar Christmas of, light capital of, uh, of the world. Well, well, it's not really the where people are going to pay the respects to King Cross memorabilia. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like it just yeah. seemed a weird place. But that's the sort of what happened to the Coca Cola sign. So also hyphy, I'm pretty sure is like a hip hop slang. Yeah, it's like a music. It's like gr- from Oakland, dance. I think. Yes. It's like a, it's like a attitudey, like a dress sense sort of uh, thing. Here we go. Hyphy is Oakland slang, meaning hyperactive. Mm. All right. There you go. A couple of red cordials. I get a bit hyphy myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, we did touch on it, and uh, probably the closest thing, probably the most times we've been to King's Crosses in our adult life would be due to this place, which would be World Bar, uh-huh. right? I guess. Oh yeah. So people who probably don't know World Bar used to have a probably the uh, probably the most well, for us the the biggest comedy gig in King's Cross was World At Bar. At the time Sundays. for us it was huge, yeah. Yeah, and but I mean biggest as in like that was the one we would do the most so yeah, for compared sure. to anything else. So that was run by Laugh Mob guys and that was a pretty big stay for a long time yeah. at World Bar. And uh yeah and 
I had horrendous so, bombs there. It was a yes. good. It was a fairly good gig. It was nothing wrong with it, but it was Great one of those gig. gigs where if you didn't like, you oh probably three of my five worst bombs were in the that one gig. You know, I never caught it at the time that it sounded like it was a good like big gig or or either I got unlucky, but I did it. It was my it was my first Sydney bomb and probably my biggest bomb to date. But it was. <laughs> It was it was like to, it was the three people, like yeah. it wasn't packed or anything. And um, oh yeah, no, I think it was sort of, when I started doing it, it was definitely a coin flip of fifteen great show for. Oh really? When I yeah. started, like this was the like for people of my level, like discounting like the bigger rooms, like this was the one that would have fifty people. Where mm. it was like, mm. if you didn't crush, you were probably real shit. Mm. Right. Damn. I wish I well, the last one I did a gig there last year when it was like a Frenchie and Friends show or whatever and that was sick like mm. it was great in the same space but the first the um the one where I bombed was pretty early when I moved to Sydney it was like early 2017 and got there three yeah three or four people in the crowd and I didn't really know that many people I kind of knew the Laugh Mob guys from coming down to Canberra but um got up well i got i think i was i was nervous drinking as well which always makes it worse so by the time i got up i was like a little bit i was a bit too like cut mm-hmm. one perk and of laugh by sundays is they did give out those drink tickets oh yeah and um i did that thing where like you realize early that you're not going that well and it kind of you panic spiral and so i was doing i was trying and i was doing the old you know the old gold at the time like i was doing my best five and i i remember specifically having that thing where like i'm staring at a guy in the crowd i think it was just like a dad there with his son and did that thing where i'm trying to do the punchline but it was like it was like delivering a speech at school and the the all the saliva got built up and i did the like choked on a line choked on my own words and just and just bomb and i bombed so fucking bad that i was i was so cranky on the on the train home and when i on the on the train from king's cross there was this fucking laddie english bloke and he kept and he had these hot chips and he kept throwing them at this fucking old uh, Chinese dude sitting down the front. And I was already I was already mad at myself. But then I was like, all right, I'm not having this. And I was just like, I'm just I'm just looking for a fucking a fight. And I he uh, he offered me a chip and I was like, nah, man, I'm good. And then I saw him like he was pegged like through one or two at this guy and he was like laughing with his mate. And I was like, yeah, man, I can I, I've changed my mind. Can I have one of those chips? And he like handed it out and I grabbed a handful and fucking threw them in his face. And I was like, the Chinese guy's face. This is funny. But yeah, then I had the, like the worst, most embarrassing thing where he, we were like, I was just arguing with him for ages and we we're walking out to um, town hall and going up like the big ele- the escalator from town hall to the main platform. <laughs> And um, his mate was like holding him back, and uh, my girlfriend was holding me back, and <laughs> so we were just like, we're just arguing with each other the whole way up, and I'm calling him a racist and going, "You're a fucking piece of shit." And then we got there, and it was almost about to kick off, and then he just pulled this move that, like, instant, just you know, ended it. He just 
fucking pulled my glasses off my face and ran off. And I was like, stole them. There's nothing I can do. Eventually, like I like tried to chase him and he threw him back, but it was just like the most humiliating thing. Like you're a fucking piece of shit, and then he just like goes, doink. This is like a primary school bully. Look around the ground, like oh no, that's what it was like. Already picturing it like into a sign. Yeah, I'm already picturing it like Hannah stopping you, scrappy do style, and then you introduce Velma from it as well, being like, I can't see a jinkies, I can't see a thing without my glasses. Pretty much. Oh fuck. Well, James, you want well, to tell you, your story? I mean, bar story? well, let's let's start it with this. If you want to talk about iconic King's Cross images, Alex, bring up the bring up the picture, please. You just want to tell you're going to lead with the image. I think we're going to lead with the image. All right, hold on. All right, this because it's a great image. This is probably my best moment in stand up. Look how thin <laughs> I was. Yeah, dude, that's the fucking story here, James. Damn. You are. So, for like all the listeners, it's a, just a photo of Jamie on stage <laughs> at World Bar looking, I would say, what, 15 kilos lighter, James? Uh, I think uh, it would be more like 25. For 25 kilos lighter, looking very confident, performing comedy to one 50-year-old man. Very unimpressed. In a tarot cash shirt. He was actually quite uh, impressed. Well, there is, in the and in the background, there's a reserved table with about six seats that are all empty. Yeah. The whole place is empty except for this one guy, and uh, it's a yeah, big so theater as well. Like it would fit, like it would fit a hundred or so pretty easily in it. Like if mm, you had a packed mm, back mm. shot, and it was a great theater and it was a great room. So I don't have anything really negative to say about the people that ran it. Only that, like basically, what would happen is like because they got quite successful personally, they would end up touring Australia for like six to nine months out of the year. So you just get messages from one of the guys who ran it, Legacy, who's like a sweet English man who might be the dumbest man alive. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, love him. But he would like book you. He would book me to MC it because we were good friends as well. And then like I would show up to World Bar on a Sunday and there would be like no one there, no comics, like none of the chairs would be set up. None of the fucking equipment would be set up. And so, like, I'd message Legacy. And because he's, like, it would be... There would be time difference. And he was unreliable because his phone never worked because he didn't pay for, like, proper Wi-Fi or 3G or whatever. And he's just a fucking lazy cunt. Like, you'd eventually get through these. Like, I didn't actually... When I say I booked you to MC, I mean I booked you to run the show, which means, like, prepare the show and everything. And it's like, fine, all right, I'll do that. So I'm putting out all the chairs, asking him, was like, have you guys sold any tickets? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we've sold tickets. <laughs> like, but they clearly hadn't. And But the advantage is you get the, the drink tickets. And this place had, like, you'd get, like, 20 drink tickets in, like, this little bag full of guitar picks that you'd give out to people. And then after that, you'd get a card, which gave you a further 100 or $150 of drinks half price. So, like, if you've got a maid on that lineup, you're set. And I had Alex on. So, Alex mm-hmm. comes and we're, like, I'm already drinking because I'm, like, setting shit up. Um, like, at that point, all you're hoping for is either a sold-out show which crushes or no show at all and you mm. just drain this yeah. bar tab and get loose on a Sunday. And you want to confirm a no show as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. 
Like <laughs> you want to really, yeah, you're yeah. almost like looking at the sky. You want, and it's like, nah, I don't, I gotta feel, yeah. I don't feel you it. Want, I don't feel in my bones. You want Axe to walk in 15 minutes early, being like, "Will a crowd show?" and be like, "No, it's yeah. not happening." You don't, you don't want Millsy fucking strolling in with five to, till showtime. Yeah, well, it is funny you ahead. say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so, so we're we're setting up this show. It looks like no one's coming. A few acts come and they've got multiple gigs, and we're saying to them like. Look, uh, from what we know, no one's pre-booked tickets. No one is buying the tickets that we have at the door so far. We don't know if a show will break out. If you want to go to another show or if you just want to fuck off, like, go for it. And a bunch of the bigger acts are like, yep, absolutely, I'll go for it. So me and Alex are like, this could work out for us. Having a couple of beers. Uh, a couple of acts start dribbling in. And one of them is this guy who, like, at the time... And he is a very good stand-up, but at the time was known for being, like, quite volatile and, like, going the audience and being a bit unstable in general. And he shows up and he's like, hey, how are you? And he was not on the lineup at all, but he mm. said that the organizers had said that he was and I couldn't get in touch with them. So I was just like, well, I can't be like, no, because it's not my gig to run. So I was just like, yep, all right, cool. You can go. Let's get you on early. Let's get you out of here. Let's Let's keep the vibe classy i think and so we're just waiting and waiting i think by we, the end of it what, what, what at one point we would we were doing like we had given up and we were like just doing open mic bingo yeah like, we were just on stage we performing had, to ourselves doing impersonations of other comedians like we would we had given up on the gig yeah, right the show started at seven thirty. it was like it was about 10 to 8 and we were just fucking around on stage making fun of people making fun of ourselves like we had cancelled the gig we I told all the were, comics, like, it's off. Yeah. If you hang around if you want. There were, I think three Gav people, was still there. there were three people in the main bar that were still interested in the gig, but we, I think we had used the bar tab to buy them drinks because they had paid for the tickets. And then all of a sudden, in walks, 15 to 20 people from the audience. And they are <laughs> from the live Faulty Towers experience. So they're, they're entertainers too. And they had just got off a shift where they had done Faulty Towers Live and they were about to leave on tour to some other city in Australia and they wanted to see what local comedy was like. And honestly, I remember us trying to persuade them that to leave. Like, we were like, you don't we were, yeah, want this. We were like, we're the cancelled. I remember because, one of them going, no, we love comedy. Yeah, we love yeah. comedy. And because there was no Please. door person, because there was nothing organized, they were just like, we'll, we'll pay, we'll pay whatever, you know, it's terrible. I can't remember if they were British or I just think of them as British. I, think I remember some that a couple of them, of them had, were British and some of them yeah. were Australian. And so, like, they get there and it is literally like 15 to 20 people. Suddenly, this theater has gone from expansive and no one to, like, pretty full. Like so a hot show. Yeah, so there's no reason not to do a show. And uh, and you're emceeing, Kirk. I'm emceeing, yeah. And then, and then three or four other people walk in as well. So it's like, all right, we've got to do a fucking show now. So we start. There, there was only four comics. It was me, Jamie, a Gavin Scott, Scott, very funny, and Gavin then Scott. and then this the other volatile guy. We're not going to name him. It's not. Yeah. Just, just not. Yeah, he's a fine guy. It's just, fine guy. It's just yeah, not worth. It's unfair to yeah. drag him for it. But uh, but at the time it would be. Yeah. At the, at anyway. the time there was some shit going down. But, yeah. uh, so we, my idea was to put him on first to get him out of the way because he's like been doing comedy for ages. He could have, he w- would have done fine. 
and He's so I'm, yeah. I'm doing I'm up there I'm doing alright talking to the Faulty Towers people the one uh, complaint they have and because they're basically the whole show the feedback is instant they're like let's let's stop the Faulty Towers talk so much which is hard because 90% of them are from Faulty Towers Live and that's the most interesting thing about the show but you know I'm doing a couple of jokes I'm getting a couple of laughs we bring on this this bloke I introduce him and uh, he is known for doing like some pretty political stuff, some pretty edgy stuff. He starts bombing pretty quickly. They're not. Oh, then that... they had him at the start. Yeah, and, yeah, and no. Then he, and then he yeah, lost. Yeah, right. Him. Sorry, he had him for a bit. Then he lost them with like some of his newer, edgier stuff. And then the people were kind of getting uncomfortable. And then he crowd worked them about faulty towers and started really going them about faulty towers, just being like. The show or like... About them performing a show that already exists. Being like, you're basically just mimicking them. There's no art to what you're Why doing. Why would you redo Faulty Towers? Yeah. What are you adding to that? I'm a performer. I make, write my own material. You're just actors. Yeah. You're just leeching off the idea of really like really going... Literally without- on stage saying that he's an artist. And, and it's all one not. way. They're not rebuttaling. They're not giving... They're just sitting there copying it. Like there's no, They're not arguing with him. They just didn't laugh. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's so shouting pretty, over them too. It's pretty fucking tense. And it's like. so <laughs> at that point, like uh, one of them gets up and it was the woman who plays not Sybil Faulty, but the uh, the Connie Booth's character, the one who's yeah, the housekeeper. Yeah, yeah, the, she mm. gets up and she's in tears and she leaves the room because he's gone them too hard. And uh, they're all like, fuck this. And... This guy who is on Comedian stage... Comedian destroys, not heckler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Senses kind of yes. like blood in the water. And he goes, all right, thank you. Gets off stage. Immediately, like, doesn't even say sorry, just leaves the venue completely. Like, he walks straight off stage out into the wild world. I get on stage to be like, hey, how about that? And I was gonna, you know, like, <laughs> slam him a little and be like way to make things uncomfortable when they were the people that made the show but i don't have time to do that because they're all getting up like they're all leaving and i'm like come on guys it's all right and they're like no (laughs) you you ruined this guy ruined the show sorry like we're only here for one more night i think they said they're out of here you skinny fuck i I think they like literally said something like we didn't come here to be disrespected like it's our night off they didn't come to have their careers like guy like the main guy, I remember because he was walking out. I think you were still, you were pleading from on stage and I... Yeah, and you and Gav and were kind of at the back being like, come on, door. just sit back down. Because we were on next. Me and Gav were on next. Why, Gav and me. And we were like, please, like, we're not like that guy. Like, we'll just be silly and do dumb jokes and you'll hate us. And we'll choke on our own spit while we're trying to tell the trunch <laughs> like, like, that's as bad as I'll get. Yeah, yeah. And then um, this guy, this guy, I remember the guy um, literally being like, like no, 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 and he had the a uh, one woman who was teary, another one, not the first one, that, you know, whoever, and he was like, "Listen, guys, we know it's not your fault, um, but we didn't come out to have our whole livelihoods like uh, abused, <laughs> our yeah, whole livelihoods brutal. abused." And yeah. he pulled, he got a twenty or a fifty or some note, like a decent note, and he because he they didn't pay. That was like, I think they were like, "Come in, and then we pay on the exit or whatever." And he said, "So it's not your fault. Here you go." And he gave some amount of money to me. And then shepherded them all out, and but yeah, it was just like 
where he's just like, hey, we're not we're not saying you guys are bad, but yeah. our night's real. I'm on know? stage watching this as well, and I can hear <laughs> I can hear him say to Alex, like, we didn't come here to be disrespected. Well, I'm trying to keep the show going. Yeah, and uh, to that one guy. No, no, no. So, it, so it was three guys, and so like these people leave, and it's like fuck. So at that point, I'm like. I think I'm, I, like, I, on stage looking at Alex being like, do we cancel the show? I remember going, well, obviously these three want to leave too because they've just witnessed the yeah. weirdest thing ever. And they <laughs> did not want to leave. They were, they were like, they were this rules. Thrilled. <laughs> so I, cra- I ended up crowd working there and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Who are you guys? And it was, so the person who is in that picture is a dad and it was his two sons and they were out for Father's Day. <laughs> like this was the present his son like he likes comedy so his sons took him out to see live comedy in sydney and they had just witnessed the craziest thing they have ever seen so they were like keep going and yeah, i'm like are you sure and they're like absolutely how many acts yeah. do you have left and i'm like we've they're only like, got bring in the bring in the cast of black adult we yeah. want to see more of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Gav tears them to shreds, you know? <laughs> then we want to see Alex go to town on Yes Minister. Uh, and But so, like, because we were telling them, like, we've only got two acts who are, who have agreed to stick around and aren't, haven't died from embarrassment. They were like, yeah, we'll fucking watch that. And so I think we used some of the money to buy them drinks. So one thing happened was that they were like, the dad, that was like, yeah, we want to stay, we want to stay. And then... We were like, great. And then you were doing jokes. Then he's like, at some point, he's like, but hold on. Can we take a break? I'm going to get a drink. And I was still back at the, the whole audience. And I said, you're not moved. Like, I knew as soon as they get up, there's a huge chance of just leaving. You know, yeah. even yeah. even though they were giving us all the impression they wanted to stay. And so I said, fucking, uh, I think I either, used, I either used the 50 bucks or he gave me 50. And I, anyway, I went to the bar and bought the dad and his sons <laughs> teapots. And it's in that photo I show there's a they did uh cocktail teapots there and uh and it it's fucking i'll quickly share it again you can see it on the fucking thing but it's like see uh see the little teapot on the table to his left yeah just oh, yeah. near jamie's We've feet so so i brought them a bunch of teapots uh and like did like table service yeah and fucking and you're pouring them too yeah, 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 yeah. i'm pouring <laughs> them Alex, Alex is bringing drinks to him to stop them from leaving and the guy like obviously had you been on stage yet? No, no, no i was like Alex was closing i was the headlining show. and by the way me and jamie were like 18 months into comedy yeah. right probably and maybe probably at this point pretty blind like yeah but oh, i guess we like, were already drunk written off the gig drunk but i guess Sunday. the experience with the act had kind of you know how those things so up shot like oh, that yeah. happens sometimes like when someone out like you can have like 25 beers be about to pass out and then like someone does something really fucked and all of a sudden you snap into gear and you're like okay yeah, yeah. that yeah. is kind of what happened and then so we ended up doing the show and i don't know if you remember this alex but i know like the 40 towers people gave you 50 dollars like in your hand but afterwards i went to the bar staff and was like fuck show gonna tell the guys who ran it it's not their fault like stuff got out of hand and the faulty towers people loved us so much and the fact that like me and alex had chatted to them before the show they had left 200 dollars behind the bar because they were paying for their like, tickets on the way out. No, I remember like, that <laughs> i think that was we used it on drinks no no we used oh, it on man. drinks what? jamie you're about to get an invoice yeah, <laughs> <I'll tell> you <laughs> we used it on drinks 
Serious? Yeah, we sat there, me, you, and I I think Gav was there for a little bit, but we sat there for a few hours just being like, what the fuck was that? I remember that. I just don't remember fucking 200. Yeah, no, they said it might not have been 200, but it was like, it was an amount of money that was not insubstantial. Quick, like, um, sure. To be like, ha ha ha, what a good story about World What a time. What a, what a time we've all oh, had. Guys, we've had. I guess Jamie was the skinny wog and Gav was the fat <laughs> wog. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> what a fun time we've had discussing the cross. If you are. Uh, obviously, the cross is very expansive, so we're probably going to do more episodes covering the cross. If you know anyone that would be keen to come on and tell some cross stories, either in voicemail form, text form, or appearing on the show, let us know. Send if you've in. got any hot tips of what to investigate, let us know. If you want to mm. give us some reviews, pop on Apple Podcasts and hit us with that five-star review so we climb further into the ascendancy. Find us on Instagram and Twitter, where it's some variation. Tell your mates. Yeah, tell your mates. Share it around. Download you want to email it. us, communitynoticepod at gmail. That's Send us right. an anonymous email if you want to stay anonymous, if you don't want exactly. to message us. There you go. And uh, what a treat it's been. It's been that fun. It's been right. a great episode. That I think we can by. safely say that was part one. Yeah, so. we've got heaps. I think we can safely color. say you guys have to listen to more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks so much, everybody. Later. See you next all. week, everybody. Bye. See you. Bye. Gotcha.